how the 2020 presidential election was stolen. Award-winning filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza joins us today right here on the Christian Worldview Radio Program, where the mission is to sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm David Wheaton, the host. The Christian Worldview is a non-profit, listener-supported radio ministry. Thanks to you, our listeners, who give, pray, and encourage us. You can connect with us by calling our toll-free number, one 646 2233 or by visiting org. This past week, after watching Dinesh D'Souza's new documentary film, 2,000 Mules, that shows clear and widespread evidence of voting fraud in the 2020 presidential election, the only rational, beyond a reasonable doubt conclusion is this, that Joe Biden got into the White House through criminal and fraudulent means. In other words, Donald Trump should be the current president. So how did this fraud take place? Consider this quote from an official website of the government. Quote, The COVID-19 pandemic led to a variety of changes in voting methods across the country in 2020, and the ways people could cast ballots varied widely from state to state. In the 2020 election, 69% of voters nationwide cast their ballot non-traditionally, by mail and or before election day. This is the highest rate of non-traditional voting for a presidential election. It goes on to say, many states maintain traditional voting procedures, but some expanded early voting and others automatically sent all registered voters a ballot that could be returned by mail, unquote. In other words, millions of unrequested ballots were sent to those on voting rolls, then they were filled out, and then placed in drop boxes throughout cities and towns before Election Day. What could go wrong with that, you say? A lot. Dinesh D'Souza, conservative author and filmmaker, joins us today on The Christian Worldview. He has just produced a must-see new documentary called 2,000 Mules. He joins us to provide evidence, including video and cell phone geotracking data, that shows how this crime of the century took place. Now, before we get to the interview with Dinesh D'Souza, let's just play the trailer for 2,000 Mules so you have an idea of what the film is about. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Let me say it again. The 2020 election was the most secure election in American history. Let me begin by asking a very simple question. Do we know the truth about what really happened in the 2020 election? I think millions of Americans know something went wrong, and they have little pieces, and no one's really put it together. I'm agnostic on this question, and I, I am awaiting more information. If I believed the president were a Nazi, I might steal an election. Bold accusations require bold evidence, and they haven't seen it. We have been working on something big. Show me the money. Can we meet? I've been working with Greg Gillis. He has a deep background in election intelligence. True the Vote has the largest store of election intelligence for the 2020 elections in the world. No one has more data than we do. We identified in Atlanta 242 mules that went to an average of 24 drop boxes. But Philadelphia alone, we've identified more than 1,100 mules. What is a mule? Person picking up ballots and running them to the drop boxes. This is not grandma out walking her dog. Bad backgrounds, bad reputations. They are interested in one thing, that's money. And in no shape, in no way, in no time is that legal. This is organized crime. Do you have video evidence? Four million minutes of surveillance video around the country. What you're about to see is disturbing. So this is uh, one o'clock in the morning. Don't we all vote at one o'clock in the morning? On one night, this person, this mule, went across six counties to 27 different drop boxes. I call it the Mexican Mafia, seriously, because uh, they, they work like that. This is jaw-dropping. What you showed is frightening. It's just sickening to me. 
Now we come to the most important question of all. Was the magnitude of vote trafficking enough to tip the balance in the 2020 presidential election? It's not a leap to say this would have made a difference. They have ruined election day in the United States of America. That's provable. And that's enough for me to fight the left with every fiber in my body. Without free and fair elections, we are not a democracy. We are a criminal cartel masquerading as a democracy. That was the trailer for the film 2000 Mules. And the filmmaker is Dinesh D'Souza, and he joins us now on The Christian Worldview. Dinesh, this is your first time on the program, and I have followed you for some time. We've never met each other. I have seen your stands that you've taken for limited government, individual liberties, free market economics, national sovereignty. And you came to this country, I think, when you were 18 years old from India, I believe. So tell us what has led to your being conservative politically, and are there Christian beliefs undergirding your worldview? Yeah, very much so. I think that when I first came to America, I appreciated the opportunity, the sense that you can be the architect of your own destiny, but I didn't understand the underlying principles that made America that way. And I think it's only when I began to study America that I realized that these weren't just political principles. They were really moral principles anchored in Athens and Jerusalem. So for me, Athens represents classical reason and Jerusalem represents the heritage of Judaism and Christianity. I've also found in America my own faith. I was actually raised Catholic in India, part of a small Christian minority but kind of an nominal kind of Sunday type of Catholicism. But I found my own faith much strengthened in America, and I've sort of rediscovered it in adult life. So it's very much a part of who I am, and it contributes to the way I see the world. Dinesh D'Souza with us today here on The Christian Worldview. The thrust of your film shows how left-wing nonprofit organizations trafficked ballots, and we'll get into each of these aspects of this, absentee or mail-in ballots. They filled them out for... Joe Biden. They hired what you call mules, you'll explain that, to place them in ballot drop boxes at all hours of day and night. And yet this soundbite from the film shows what many in the media and this administration said about the election. One side insists it was the most secure election in U.S. history. Let me begin with one immutable fact. The 2020 election was the most secure election in American history. It was the cleanest election, the safest election, the most secure election ever run. And make no mistake, there has been no evidence of any significant whites or widespread voter fraud. Let me say it again. The 2020 election was the most secure election in American history, period. Now, your film goes on to show the exact opposite of what is said there. So give a three-minute summary, because this can be a confusing to try to untangle all that took place of how the 2020 election was criminally stolen in favor of Joe Biden. By way of preface, let me just say that, you know, there's been a lot of talk about election fraud since 2020, and some of it has been rather vague. It's focused on things like anomalies, strange things that you notice. Why do they stop counting? You see a, an episodic case of a guy here stuffing a ballot box. I want it to be really clear that our film is not about those things. It's not about um, anomalies, and it's not about episodic fraud. What I was looking for is, is there proof of systematic coordinated fraud of such a magnitude that it would be sufficient to tip the balance in the presidential election. That's what we look for. That's what we found. When I say we, I mean me working in partnership with a group called True the Vote, an election intelligence organization. And they decided to look for fraud in a completely fresh and I would say ingenious way. They bought the cell phone data of all cell phones in the swing states and key areas. So Atlanta, Georgia, Phoenix, Arizona, Milwaukee, Detroit, Greater Philadelphia. These were relatively close states, and the election was decided right there. And so what True the Vote did is they bought the cell phone traffic, the pings, so-called, of cell phones between October 1, which is early voting, all the way to Election Day. And they were looking for these mules, or sort of paid operatives, going to 10 or more drop boxes. Now, if you think about it for a minute, there's no rational or innocent reason to do that. You might have a reason to go to two. You really only need to go to one. But let's say you have, we went to two for some odd reason, but there's no reason to go to 10 or more. So they were looking for egregious offenders. And we found 2,000 of them in these five swing states. So that's why the title of the movie, 2,000 Mules, because you have 
a rather large network of corrupt operatives depositing these fraudulent and illegal votes into the mail-in drop boxes. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of ballots, and we're also talking about the fact that this has to be an organized operation. There's no way that this could have been done spontaneously by individual mules or individual organizations. Dinesh D'Souza with us today on The Christian Realview, the filmmaker of the just-released 2,000 Mules. You can find out more about it by going to our website, thechristianrealview.org. Dinesh, here's a soundbite from the film, and then I'll follow up with a question. This was an organized effort to subvert a free and fair election. This is organized crime. You can't look at this data in its aggregate and believe anything otherwise. That's especially true when you consider that in places like Georgia, it was only decided by 10,000, 12,000 votes. And you look at 5,000 visits just from our mules, it's not a leap to say, yes, this would have made a difference. The headline key question here is, from doing this film, this cell phone geotracking data, the video evidence on top of these drop boxes, four million minutes or something like that uh, of video. Do you believe the evidence incontrovertibly shows that Donald Trump actually won the election in 2020? Yes, but to get there, you have to do the math. And we do the math in the movie. We, we, we don't just calculate the total number of stolen votes or fraudulent votes but we have to go state by state because, after all, this is not a matter of the popular vote. It's a matter of what would have happened in Georgia, what would have happened in Arizona. And using even the most minimal count, which is the fraud perpetrated only by these 2,000 mules. Notice that, by the way, if you reduce your search criteria in your bar from 10 or more drop boxes to five, you get a whole bunch more mules. So there were a lot more than 2,000 mules. Mm-hmm. Looking at only the 2,000, you find that three of the five key states, just subtracting that fraud, would flip over to Trump. So uh, Wisconsin and Michigan would stay in the Biden camp, but Georgia, Arizona, and Pennsylvania would flip over to Trump. And if you look at the math, it would give Trump the election very narrowly, but Trump still wins. That's an extremely troubling thing to consider on so many levels. Dinesh D'Souza with us today on The Christian Realview. You can find out more about the film he just released, 2,000 Mules, by going to our website, thechristianrealview.org, or by going to the film's website, 2000mules.com. Here's another soundbite from the film. But the trafficking itself is always the same basic pattern. There's a nonprofit involved somewhere in the middle. There are people that are either collecting those ballots on the one hand or depositing those ballots on the other and getting paid for it. You focused in the film on these left-leaning nonprofits who coordinated these traffic ballots. Tell us about these nonprofits, why you didn't name them specifically, and how they got ballots in order to fill them out in favor of Joe Biden. This is called ballot harvesting or ballot trafficking. Tell us how that works. I have the names of these organizations, and so does, of course, True the Vote. The cell phone movements that they noticed were not just from one Dropbox to another Dropbox to another Dropbox, but when the mule runs out of ballots, he goes back to the left-wing nonprofit and gets the ballots from them. So they are the vote stash houses, as we call them. Now, the question becomes, where do they get the ballots? Now, some people have suggested, well, maybe these are just legal ballots that are being voted or delivered in an illegal way. But when you really think about it, how is it possible for nearly half a million legal ballots to magically end up in the possession of highly left-wing activist nonprofits? It's not as if an ordinary citizen goes, well, you know, I'm really lazy to go down to the mail and drop box. I'll go drop my ballot off with a left-wing organization so they can hire a mule in the middle of the night wearing gloves to go deliver it. That's nonsense. That's clearly not what happened. So I think what happened is more likely something like this. I don't know for sure. Law enforcement needs to find out. The reason I don't know for sure is that there are 10 different places to get fraudulent ballots. You can go to nursing homes and find get names of people who are maybe not voting. Maybe they're completely comatose. You can go to homeless shelters. You can go to campuses where students graduate all the time, and yet mail-in ballots arrive in the dorms. If somebody knows how to collect those, you pick those up. So there are lots of different ways. You can go to housing projects, door-to-door-to-door, fill out absentee ballot applications, but have those applications returned, not to the housing complex, but to your office. Then you get to fill out the ballots and vote all those ballots. So there are... And I'm just going based upon actual vote fraud cases, which are really numerous. 
absentee ballot fraud or mail-in ballot fraud is the most common type of fraud. And so there are, again, 10 different ways to get a hold of a ballot. I'm sure that probably these organizations use many, if not all those ways. Dinesh D'Souza joins us today in the Christian Realview to talk about his brand new film, 2000 Mules, which addresses the fraud that took place in the 2020 presidential election. We need to take a brief pause for some ministry announcements. Would you like to help the Christian Realview continue broadcasting on the radio station, website, or app on which you are listening today? You can become a Christian Worldview partner by calling one 646 2233 visiting org, or writing to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. And God loves you so much. He became a human being, suffered and died on the cross to take the punishment for the sin of the world. That means you don't have to end up in hell. God can legally forgive your sins because he's the lover of your soul. And then Jesus rose from the dead and defeated death. Mario, if you give up the battle and just say, God, I'm a rebel, and you repent and trust in Christ, God will forgive every sin you've ever committed and grant you everlasting life as a free gift. Do you believe what I'm saying? Yes. It's the gospel truth. I wouldn't lie to you. Ray Comfort is a tireless proclaimer of the gospel and a sharp defender of the faith. Did you know that Ray has written the commentary for the Evidence Study Bible, a New King James version that is chock full of evidence for the faith and instruction on evangelism? To purchase the Evidence Study Bible, go to thechristianworldview.org or call 1-888-646-2233 or write to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. And if indeed we succeed in hacking and engineering life, this will be not just the greatest revolution in the history of humanity. This will be the greatest revolution in biology since the very beginning of life four billion years ago. Science is replacing evolution by natural selection with evolution by intelligent design. Not the intelligent design of some god above the clouds, but our intelligent design. That was Yuval Noah Harari, a leading advisor to Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum. Dystopian scenarios like this will likely mark the days leading up to the return of Christ. This is why we recommend you order Steve Miller's new book, Foreshadows, 12 Mega Clues, Jesus' Return is Nearer Than Ever. You can get it for a donation of any amount. Just call one 2233 or go to org. And welcome back to The Christian Worldview. I'm David Wheaton. Be sure to visit our website, thechristianworldview.org, where you can subscribe to our free weekly email and annual print letter, order resources for adults and children, and support the ministry. Now back to the interview with Dinesh D'Souza, filmmaker of 2,000 Mules, about how the 2020 presidential election was stolen. Dinesh, here's another soundbite from the film talking about the mules in just one city, Philadelphia. Let's go to Pennsylvania, a critical state. I think it was Pennsylvania that really gave Biden the election. Philadelphia alone, we've identified more than 1,100 mules at rates well beyond anything we'd seen. Closer to 50 drop boxes each. Each guy going to 50 each, drop boxes? Each. 1,100. We saw people driving back and forth to New Jersey across the bridge. So, Dinesh, the mules are hired people to drop these ballots in drop boxes all over a given city. And there were thousands of them. How can such an extensive crime involving thousands of people or thousands of mules picking up ballots, dropping them off, how can this not be just so publicly known already? Because you can't keep a crime of this magnitude under wraps. Right. So the way you the way you keep it under wraps is you don't treat it. You don't function like a crime. This is not like guys who are planning, for example, to break into a bank. These are guys who are basically living in heavily democratic areas 
And so they're recruited on the basis of, hey, listen, I just got a job for you. You like to make 10 bucks a ballot. All I want you to do is take these over down to a drop box, do it at night, drop them in the drop box and come collect your money. For a lot of the mules, they don't think they're participating in some massive election fraud. They don't really care about Trump or Biden. They just care about the 10 bucks that are being paid to deliver a ballot. And so one thing that we found striking, even with the mule we interviewed, is there's a sense that a lot of people who participate in this operation think it's nothing more than doing a job, carrying out a task no, it's very similar to, you know, draining a ditch or doing performing some errands, doing some yard work for somebody. And that's the way they look at it. So by doing this in areas heavily controlled by Democrats, where there's like not a Republican in sight, the operation becomes pretty easy to pull off, especially when you're counting on the fact that there's no surveillance on the vast majority of these drop boxes. Dinesh D'Souza, the filmmaker of 2000 Mules, joins us today on The Christian Worldview. Go to our website, thechristianworldview.org, to click on the link that will go to where you can watch or download this film, 2000 Mules. Dinesh, I don't think it's an overstatement to say that this is the crime of the century. In our country, at least, stealing the presidential election with all the ramifications of that. I mean, just think about a different person in the the White House, a different president, the policy difference, uh, geopolitically, taxation, education, judicial appointments, abortion, governance, everything really changes, at least politically in this country, because of something like this. And the response to this allegations of widespread voting fraud that tip the election is that the left and the media ignore it or they suppress it. Uh, or they have a fact checked on a social media post that, you know, don't believe this. Or they just say the opposite. This is the most secure election in, in American history. Most elected Republicans I've noticed at Nash, they kind of steer clear of this. Or they say we should just, as you mentioned in the film, kind of move on. And I think most Americans on the left and the right, Democrats and Republicans, seem either not in the know or unconvinced or just listening to their own side or where they get their own source for news. Why has there been so much reticence, do you think, to investigate this? And, and why didn't more judges and even the Supreme Court look into these allegations? Our structure, as it is set up, creates a very narrow window, a legal window, to do that. The election, think about it, is early November. The uh, electors vote, and then inauguration is in January. So imagine if serious crimes in this country, rape, murder, and so on, you basically said you got 60 days to solve the crime, provide the proof, the burden of proof is on you, and if you don't do it, the statute of limitations is passed, there's nothing you can do about it after that. That's basically what we have with elections. You've got this narrow window, you have to have the proof, and you have to be able to produce it in court. So look, it's not that surprising to me that in that narrow window, the Trump campaign, all they were able to do is point out to some procedural irregularities. Look, the observers are not allowed to watch what's going on. And the courts were like, that's not enough. That's a procedural irregularity. You haven't actually shown me fraud. Courts apply what is called the but-for principle. But for the fraud, would the election have come out differently? And, and there was, in my opinion, not enough evidence of that prior to Biden's inauguration. But there is enough evidence of that now. And so we are sort of in constitutionally uncharted territory because once the president is inaugurated, the constitution doesn't provide for any other remedy other than impeachment. And of course, if you impeach Joe Biden, you get Kamala Harris. And she too is a beneficiary of the fraud. So this is why I say we are in a very odd situation because these are waters that we haven't been in before, not in American history and certainly not in in any of the 40 years that I've been in the United States. Dinesh D'Souza, the filmmaker of 2000 Mules, joins us today in the Christian Worldview. As a result of making this film, do you anticipate that there will be actual criminal investigations of this by the FBI, by police and so forth? We're in uncharted waters, but the election couldn't be reversed at this point, I'm assuming. Or What is the, the legal grounds for where we go from here? Well, I think you always want to start, you know, kind of empirically and you want to start small. So I would say, I mean, there are people who say to me, Dinesh, you know, will the Supreme Court watch your movie? That's not kind of how it works. So the way it works is that you need somebody like an attorney general in Arizona, this guy, Mark Burnovich, to step forward and say, you know what? I've got 200 meals in Arizona. I'm going to go arrest them all. 
And because after all, those are all felonies. Paid ballot trafficking is a felony. I'm going to arrest them. But my purpose of arresting them is who paid you? Who put you up to it? Who organized this operation? I'm going to work my way up. And then I'm going to raid all these vote stash houses. Frankly, a lot of them are 501c3 nonprofits. They're not supposed to be engaged in explicit electioneering on behalf of any party or any candidate. So this is a illegality on two separate levels, the illegality of the mules and the potential illegality of the nonprofits. So there's plenty of opportunity to kind of, and now that can end up in court. Uh, and so you take it step by step and who knows how high it's going to go. I mean, it could go, I don't think it frankly goes all the way up to Biden because I don't think Biden is clever enough to have even been able to sort of comprehend this. I think probably the people around Biden said to him, listen, you go take a long nap, Joe. We've got this all figured out. We've got this all worked out. If I had to guess, this goes pretty high up in the left and the Democratic Party, but maybe not all the way up to Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Dinesh D'Souza with us today on the Christian Worldview. President Trump gave a now infamous message on January 6th of 2021 in the Stop the Steal rally in Washington, D.C. that immediately preceded people protesting and breaching the Capitol building. Now, he went point by point through all the different areas that he perceived was election fraud state by state. And then after the election, there were people like Lynn Wood, attorney Sidney Powell, you know, Mike Lindell, MyPillow and so forth, talking about hacked voting machines and so forth. So there's been a lot of talk about this fraudulent election. Was President Trump accurate in what he was saying about the various elements of fraud that took place in the election? And how about the others who came on afterwards, the ones I mentioned, were they accurate in their assessments compared to what you've done in your film? My short answer is I don't know. And I say that because there are many types of fraud that have been alleged. And there's only one type of fraud that I and True the Vote have looked at. So we're not saying that the other fraud did occur. And we're not saying it didn't occur. We're saying we didn't look at it. So if somebody asked me, what, what about the machines? I'm like, I don't know. And so I think what Trump was doing in that speech was doing a kind of a compilation of all the different types of allegations, putting them together. What we decided to do was something kind of more modest, but in a way more powerful. And that is we took a very old school fraud, sort of stuffing the ballot box. By the way, Democrats are sort of the party of voter fraud. They've been doing this since the 19th century. If you read history books, you know, you have the immigrants coming off the boat in the days of Tammany Hall. There's some Democratic operatives on the pier. They're like, here's a ballot. You know what? Sign here. We'll fill it out. Don't worry about it. And here's some money for like a bottle of liquor, you know, or go see my friend Al. who will give you a job. This has been going on for a long time. What ramped it up in 2020 was the change of rules brought about by COVID. So mail-in ballots and absentee ballots, which were previously a small fraction of the overall election, now become a very big part of it. And so the fraudsters just decided, let's go for it. In a sense, let's up the ante 20-fold or 50-fold. And they did just that. Mm. Dinesh D'Souza with us today in The Christian Worldview. You can find a link for the film 2,000 Mules by going to our website, thechristianworldview.org, or go directly to their website, 2000mules.com. Dinesh, here's another soundbite from the film. Given the outliers that were introduced in, in such a major way in 2020, uh, namely the privately funded drop boxes, the mass mail out of ballots, the hypothesis was if you were going to cheat, how might one go about this? That would be provable, trackable, traceable. Now, COVID's going to be around again, you know, in this probably upcoming midterm election this fall. It seems like this early voting, which allowed all these ballots to be harvested and, and cast early in these ballot boxes, is here to stay, as far as I understand. The idea of having to show a voter ID or vote in person on the same day, that's being pegged as racist because it's discriminatory towards certain you know, minorities in this country to expect that of them. What's realistic to strengthen voting integrity going forward because this could just happen again? I mean, even the fact that our elections, like they're, they're counting all the votes while everyone's asleep in the middle of the night, that even on itself doesn't seem like a very good way of doing things. No. Uh, first of all, I think the voter suppression rhetoric is not only irresponsible, it's utterly laughable. The idea that sort of blacks or women can somehow get IDs to go on an airplane, make a doctor's appointment, go to the bank, open a bank account, but somehow can't produce IDs, or even this preposterous idea that you shouldn't compare signatures. You know, when you have an absentee ballot or a mail-in ballot, the voter isn't present. 
So all you have is an envelope and a ballot inside of that. And so if you don't check that signature, you have no way of knowing if that's even an authentic vote. And yet the Democrats are pushing to weaken the signature matching. Essentially, it's like telling a bank teller, listen, don't really bother to check if this guy's signature is valid. If the scrawl kind of goes in the same direction, you know, let it go. So there is an organized assault on the integrity of our elections. And I think it's really important for Republicans to realize we have been losing a lot of our rights, our rights of free speech, our rights of conscience, our rights to equal justice under the law. But who would have thought that the very simple idea that you go cast your vote and that somebody is going to be fooling with the ballot boxes? I mean, this is a whole new escalation. It shocked even me. I've seen nothing like this in my adult lifetime. I mean, I saw some of it as a kid in India, but that's a third world country where people are giving you blankets and giving you food in exchange for your vote. But this is this shouldn't be happening in the United States of America. So, yes, we need stronger voter integrity laws. We need surveillance on all the drop boxes. And we need citizens to put pressure on the GOP and on the Republican leadership to be more vigilant and not pretend not to be in kind of denial. It's sort of like before they were in denial, like, you know, there's a rumor your wife is cheating on you, but you don't really take any steps to find out. But then somebody like me comes along and gives you the videotape. Take a look. And you're like, you see it. Now it's very difficult to live in denial. And so I think once people see the movie, it's going to be very Mm -hmm. difficult for them to mount the old slogans, most secure election in history. I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. Dinesh D'Souza with us today. The movie is so convincing. And as I watched it, I really couldn't think of any reasonable ways to undermine the evidence that you were presenting both of these mules going from these nonprofit locations, picking up ballots, going to multiple locations over and over again around the city, putting the ballots in the drop boxes. And of course, the video surveillance of these ballot boxes showing these mules coming up with gloves on in many cases, depositing the ballots and then going to other places and doing the same. In fact, I thought it was interesting in the film when you made the criteria a little less strict, perhaps a little more realistic for how many drop boxes these mules had to visit for them to actually be considered a mule, here's that soundbite in the film. To widen the search, Greg and his team lowered the criterion from 10 or more to 5 or more drop boxes. This revealed a huge upsurge in the number of mules from 2,000 to 54,000. 54,000 mules. Next, they used a very conservative estimate of just three ballots per drop box visit. Now when we multiply this increased number of mules times the five drop box visits per mule times just three illegal votes per drop, we find election fraud on an astonishing scale. In Wisconsin, 83,565 illegal votes were trafficked. In Georgia, 92,670. In Pennsylvania, 209,505. In Michigan, 226,590, and in Arizona, 207,435. Using this calculus, Trump would have won all the key states. And the final electoral vote, 305 to 233. Dinesh, it shouldn't matter who you are, whether Republican or Democrat, ethically and morally, everyone should want free and fair and accurate elections. Just because your person won doesn't mean you should overlook if fraud took place and actually change the outcome of the election. Okay, we need to take a short break for some ministry announcements. You are listening to The Christian Worldview. I'm David Wheaton. You can support this nonprofit radio ministry by calling one 646 2233 visiting org, or writing to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. And God loves you so much, he became a human being, suffered and died on the cross to take the punishment for the sin of the world. That means you don't have to end up in hell. God can legally forgive your sins because he's the lover of your soul. And then Jesus rose from the dead and defeated death. Mario, if you give up the battle and just say, God, I'm a rebel, and you repent and trust in Christ, God will forgive every sin you've ever committed and grant you everlasting life as a free gift. Do you believe what I'm saying? Yes. It's the gospel truth. I wouldn't lie to you. Ray Comfort is a tireless proclaimer of the gospel and a sharp defender of the faith. Did you know that Ray has written the commentary for the Evidence Study Bible, a New King James Version that is chock full of evidence for the faith and instruction on evangelism? 
To purchase the Evidence Study Bible, go to thechristianworldview.org or call 1-888-646-2233 or write to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. Pastor James Coates was arrested and sent to prison a couple of weeks ago in Canada. What did he do? He held a church service. And it isn't the government's responsibility to protect us from a virus. What's their responsibility to protect our God-given rights? Two days after that sermon, Pastor James Coates was arrested and imprisoned. He has now co-authored an important book titled God vs. Government, Taking a Biblical Stand When Christ and Compliance Collide. God vs. Government is 208 pages, soft cover, and retails for $17.99. You can order a copy for a donation of any amount to The Christian Worldview. Go to thechristianworldview.org or call 1-888-646-2233 or write to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. That's 1-888-646-2233 or org. Thanks for joining us on The Christian Worldview. I'm David Wheaton. Just a reminder that today's program and past programs are archived at our website, thechristianworldview.org. Transcripts and short takes are also available. Now back to the interview with Dinesh D'Souza, filmmaker of 2,000 Mules, about how the 2020 presidential election was stolen. Dinesh, how has this investigation that you did of the 2020 election influenced your perception of where our country is right now that really i know it was a it was a large scale fraud but you know in a country of 330 million it's really what didn't take that many people to really flip the election from donald trump to joe biden so how has this influenced your perception of where our country is and, and what our future may be I've been a little bit startled to see the fragility of the what I thought were relatively secure basic norms and also, I would say, guardrails of our society. It seems like some of our basic norms have been abridged in a flagrant way. I mean, I come of a generation where I had a sort of civics book idea of America. You know, I look at the FBI. I had the picture of the FBI that comes out of the movie The Untouchables. And if you had asked me 10 or 20 years ago, well, why is it the case that 95% of people charged with a federal crime plead guilty or are found guilty? I'd be like, that's because they did it. Why else? You know, why else would the government go after them? Well, suddenly we have, I think, now developed a legitimate skepticism of these basic institutions. And so for me, the dismay over what's going on with our, with our democracy and our election process is part of that larger re-examination, which I think needs to happen. So at the end, I'm an optimist. I'm hopeful about the future of the United States, but I don't think that we get there without us being actively vigilant in making sure that this corruption and this rot doesn't deepen any further. Again, Dinesh D'Souza with us today on The Christian Worldview, the filmmaker of 2,000 Mules. You can find out more and watch the film by going to our website, thechristianworldview.org, where there will be a link to the film, or you can go to their website directly, 2000mules.com. Dinesh, as you look at our society today, what are some other existential issues you see going on in our country right now? Because this voting one is. We did a program early on after this took place, like, is our country still a constitutional republic versus a banana republic? Because if you don't have free and fair elections, you don't have a constitutional republic anymore. People are voting, and we're not determining who is going to be our leaders and what our policies are going to be. So that's an existential one for a country. Are there other issues that you see going on right now, maybe geopolitically outside America, or maybe immigration, economic policy, abortion, homosexuality, transgenderism, marriage? It's just been so radical the way the left has tried to run our country. Where is this going if they stay in power? Well, it seems to me to be going in the direction of not only tyranny, political tyranny, but also in the direction of the championing of flagrant immorality and degeneracy. And this is a key point because I think for a long time, what the left would argue is that people deserve, in a sense, the right to choose, the right to be free, the right to make their own decisions, the freedom over your own body, for example, or the idea that you can live the life that you want to live. 
that's a whole different matter, defending choice or defending freedom from defending actual immorality and proclaiming it to be good. I mean, this moral inversion that we see throughout our culture is very sickening because it is it's essentially a brazen assault on our conscience. So to me, the stripping away of the moral foundation of our society is just as fundamental as free speech, just as fundamental, because I believe in freedom, but I also believe that freedom is the freedom to live the good life in all senses of the term, uh, the virtuous life and also the prosperous life. And so when I see the multi-pronged assault, not just on freedom, but also on virtue, I see that we have our, our work cut out for us. Yes, we certainly do. Give us an update on how the film is doing and where people can see it, if not at your website. The film has caught fire. I mean, it is it is going on all fronts. Now, obviously, you can watch the film by digital download. You can stream it. The website is just called 2000mules.com. You can buy DVDs, but the film is also back in the theaters this weekend. And what that means is 400 theaters, four showings a day. You can get tickets the normal way, uh, Fandango, all the various ticketing sites. But if you go to 2000mules.com, it will connect you to those ticketing sites. Put in your zip code. The nearest theater will pop up. Buy your tickets. And uh, so go as, go as a family or go as a group. It's really fun to see this movie in the theater. It's made for a theatrical. It's kind of a theatrical whodunit, except we're dealing not yeah. here with fiction, but we're dealing here with truth. We most certainly are. Dinesh, thank you for coming on The Christian Worldview today and for doing the hard work of looking into this particular issue and others that you've done in your films, and uh, we appreciate that. Thanks so much for coming on the program. My pleasure. If you missed any of the interview today with Dinesh D'Souza, just go to our website, thechristianworldview.org, or search for The Christian Worldview in your favorite podcast platform. And by the way, The Christian Worldview has two podcast feeds, one for the full program and another for The Christian Worldview short takes, which are bite-sized highlights of the program that we send out to our email subscriber list and also post on our website and other podcasting platforms every week. And you can search for the short takes by looking up TCW short takes, as in the Christian worldview. So why are we addressing this topic of election fraud in the 2020 presidential election? Isn't it purely political to do that? I mean, where is the, the biblical worldview to all of this? Well, it is political, of course, but this is an issue of immense importance that impacts every person, whether you're saved or unsaved. And biblically speaking, God's law has been directly violated in the election process. Three of the Ten Commandments come to mind right away. Thou shalt not steal. There was illegal harvesting or trafficking of ballots to cheat in this election. Thou shalt not lie is another commandment that was broken. We've been told endlessly that this was the fairest election in history, which it was certainly not. And most of all is the breaking of the first commandment, in that you shall have no other gods before me. The left's God is government, and they will do anything, including stealing the election, to worship their false god of government, with God rejecting man in control. But just to be clear, Republicans aren't beyond cheating in an election, but the cheating in this last election was most definitely on the side of the left. And so we have an administration now that has completely flipped God's design for government, as stated in Romans 13 and elsewhere, that governing authorities are there to praise good and punish evil. The Biden administration and the left do just the opposite of that. They praise and promote evil, or that which is sinful, and they punish that which is good. So the contrasting worldview and the contrasting policies between a Biden administration and Trump administration are pretty much polar opposites. Biden stands for globalism. Trump stood for nationalism. Nationalism is a biblical principle. The end times is all about this global government with a world leader called the Antichrist. Biden and his administration stand for American as a villain in the world. We're, we're a bad country founded upon systemic racism. You should be ashamed of your country. Versus Trump, who saw America as a stabilizing force against evil actors in the world, like China and North Korea and Russia. Biden has gotten us on energy dependence in other countries. Just look at the gas prices. As opposed to Trump, who is about energy independence. Another issue, 
Biden and the left are soft on criminals. This is why our cities are so dangerous and violent right now. Versus Trump was for law and order, protecting citizens. Of course, the most obvious one is that Biden and the left are for extreme promotion of sexual perversion, transgenderism for children, homosexuality, abortion, things that are patently evil and prohibited by Scripture. Versus Trump, who doesn't fully hold biblical values, but certainly advocated for more traditional values. The course of history for America has been changed by Joe Biden being president rather than Donald Trump. So we asked Dinesh D'Souza on the program today not to offer a biblical worldview of Biden versus Trump, but to explain what his research found about the 2020 election. I've never met Dinesh. I'm not sure where he stands doctrinally or theologically. But the interview request for him was not about that. We invite guests on the program who we believe offer the truth on the subject they're speaking about. So don't assume every guest we have on the program holds exactly the same doctrinal convictions we do, except if we are focusing on an issue of theology, and then they likely will. But we did this topic because a fraudulent election puts America in really the same category as Russia or China, which do not have fair elections. And think about that, how troubling that is that we are living in a country where the will of the people was criminally changed in a presidential election. At that point, we are no longer a constitutional republic, but a banana republic. This is the world we live in, where there is no true justice. You would think that people who are always screaming about social justice would be up in arms about this election injustice, but instead all you have is silence. And so this is why you should watch this film, 2,000 Mules. There is no reasonable or logical explanation for the same people going to these nonprofit organizations who are on the left to pick up ballots and then drop these ballots in voting boxes over and over again around their cities. The evidence is clear. There's cell phone geo-tracking data. There's video evidence. It would stand up in any court of law, and it will be interesting whether any court of law actually considers this. And if someone just dismisses the evidence presented in the film, that's pretty clear that they just don't want to believe it. But I will say if more evidence is released that refutes this movie, I'm certainly open to changing my mind. Right away after the election, we read about the irregularities, and I was mostly convinced that fraud had occurred. Biden getting 81 million votes, the most ever for a president, just not possible for a career politician who hardly campaigned, who couldn't draw big crowds. All the down ballots under Trump were were mostly won by Republicans. The, The bellwether counties that typically indicate who will win the presidency mostly went to Trump, and yet he still lost. But of course, those kind of things don't prove anything for sure. And it's difficult for anyone not on the inside like me to be able to collate all the data and draw definite conclusions from what took place. But this film is so convincing that it's beyond a reasonable doubt in my mind. Now, the natural response to this is discouragement. Not that Donald Trump was a shining moral example. We have never said that about him. In fact, we've always pointed out his narcissism, his arrogance, and his lack of control of his tongue. That being said, most of his policies were more closely aligned with a biblical worldview for governance than any president in my lifetime, maybe with the exception of Ronald Reagan. He certainly turned out to be far more conservative in his policies, at least, than anyone thought he would be and he would be night and day better than Joe Biden and the left. I mean, the only reason that Roe versus Wade may be overturned this summer is because of Donald Trump appointing conservative justices. The hard truth here is that God, who is sovereign over all the affairs of mankind, allowed sinful men and women to steal this election so that an exceedingly sinful man and worldview would rule over us. And I guess the only way to interpret this is from Romans chapter 1, where God gives a people over who have rejected him. He withdraws his restraint from that society. Things go deeper into reprobation, but God uses it to move forward his plans for the world. We know as believers our hope is not in politics and not certainly in Donald Trump. Our country could have been better for a time, but only for a time. 
So one practical thing we can do is vote for those who stand for election integrity, that want voter ID to have to vote or to vote in person and not this mail-in balloting, which is so ripe for fraud. Otherwise, this is just going to happen again and again. And those who are most wicked will be in power because they're most willing to cheat and steal an election. But the big issue is, as we've been talking about in recent weeks, is that we have a not just a voting problem, but we have, more importantly, a salvation problem in our country. This is the biggest problem. And so all believers need to have a laser focus on just a few things. Number one is personally pursuing sanctification, holiness, and being transformed into the image of Christ through reading his word, hearing it preached, filling ourselves up with truth so that we then have something inside of us to share with others. Number two, discipling then those who are in our own sphere of influence, whether those in our own family or others that we know who are believers, helping them grow stronger in their faith. Number three, praying for opportunities to proclaim the gospel to a dead and dying world. And number four, encouraging our pastors to preach the full counsel of God. We need strong Bible-teaching churches. I read a study note this week in the introduction to 1 Peter, which says this, Since the believers addressed in this letter were suffering escalating persecution, the purpose of this letter was to teach them how to live victoriously in the midst of hostility. Number one, without losing hope. Number two, without becoming bitter. Number three, while trusting in the Lord. And number four, while looking for his second coming. And the note concludes by saying this, Peter wished to impress on his readers that by living an obedient, victorious life under duress, a Christian can actually evangelize his hostile world. Unquote. That is our call. And if you are listening today and have never put your trust in Jesus Christ for salvation, I encourage you to do so. God created you specifically for you to worship him, but your sin has separated you from God and has put you under his judgment. The wages of your sin will earn you death. That's the bad news, but the good news is that Jesus Christ... God's Son came to this earth, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, and then offered himself as the substitutionary sacrifice to pay the penalty for your sin, fully satisfying the wrath and justice of God that you deserved. Christ took it upon himself so that God could forgive you and gift you eternal life in heaven with him instead of eternal judgment in hell. And then to prove that God had accepted Christ's sacrifice, God raised him from the dead. Jesus Christ is living today and at the right hand of God, and he's coming again. So when you repent of your sin, you turn from it, asking God for help to do so, and believe in who Jesus is and what he did for you. God promises to not judge you, but give you eternal life with him. There's no more important message and no better news than that. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks to you, our listeners, for funding today's program. In just a moment, there will be information on how you can hear a replay of today's program, how you can order transcripts and resources, and support this nonprofit radio ministry. So be encouraged. We are likely living in a country where there was a stolen election, but that doesn't thwart the plans of God. That doesn't ruin our Christian walk. This doesn't leave us hopeless for the future. This may change our present circumstances, but it certainly doesn't change the believer's position before God. And we can still count on this. Jesus Christ and his word, they're the same yesterday and today and forever. So until next time, think biblically, live accordingly, and stand firm. The mission of the Christian worldview is to sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. We hope today's broadcast encouraged you toward that end. To hear a replay of today's program, order a transcript, or find out what must I do to be saved, go to thechristianworldview.org or call toll-free 1-888-646-2233. The Christian Worldview is a listener-supported nonprofit radio ministry furnished by the Overcomer Foundation. To make a donation, become a Christian Worldview partner, order resources, subscribe to our free newsletter, or contact us, 
visit thechristianworldview.org, call 1-888-646-2233, or write to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. That's Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. Thanks for listening to The Christian Worldview.